Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. You know, Jeannie, um, our buddy and a previous podcast guest, uh, Stephen Shapiro, very wise man, he says, don't think outside the box, build a better box. Now, what happens when you build a better bot? Oh, I don't know, but I bet Forethought does. That's exactly it. Our sponsor, Forethought AI, they know exactly what is and isn't happening in the world with bots because, you know, right now customer expectations are higher than ever. And, you know, the old, the clunky chatbots, they aren't cutting it anymore. And Forethought really is goes beyond traditional chatbots, and they infuse human-centered AI. And I love the idea that it's human-centered, Jeannie, because don't Absolutely. we need to be more human-centered? I think we all need to be more human-centered. It would be a better <laughs> world. And, it you know, sure the, uh, <laughs> Exactly. But this AI, right, it, it understands customer sentiment, understands customer intent. And with that, you know, now you can empower customers to self-serve, to automatically mm-hmm. route tickets to the right agent, to enable agents to resolve cases faster. And it's all, Jeannie, on one AI-powered platform. Amazing. Amazing. It's it's time to think outside the bot. <laughs> exactly. That's just where I was going the whole time. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, make sure to check out uh, their, their wonderful sponsors. And you can learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card. That's $100 uh, by visiting forethought.ai slash ctcc forethought slash AI slash CTCC. And who doesn't want a little gift card? I mean, that seems like a no brainer to me, but you know, when we talk about no brainers, (laughs) knowing how your customers are doing seems like the bare minimum of what we can do in customer experience, right? The bare minimum. Yes. (laughs) And yet, so many organizations focus so much on those big, huge metrics, those aggregates, those averages, that maybe there's a, a way to really take that down a level and really look at each individual each individual customer, each individual client. That's what well, we're going to talk about today. I'm disappointed now because I thought the way you started this, I thought we were going to be talking about like the minimum possible, the least possible <laughs> that we, we were going to teach our audience how to do the minimum possible. So, so you're but, interested in the least amount of work. <laughs> if, it's, if it's effective, actually, yes, I am. But uh, yeah. no, <laughs> only, if, only if it's effective, it works smarter, not harder. Exactly. That's I'm right. still uh, still working on working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I I wanted to dive into this a little bit because there's been a trend over the last several years as like customer success teams have come on board and as we've uh, really seen a lot of customer-centric principles move into places like technology companies and instead of just being product-driven, they're trying so hard to really figure out how can they be more focused on the customer. And one of the things that is pretty popular, especially in the technology sector, is this idea of a customer health score. And that's really looking at all of these different triggers about how this individual customer is doing. So if you're a customer success manager and you're working with a specific customer, and in this case, it would be B2B. So these are organizations. You can kind of look at the score and think, hey, do I need to be more proactive? Do I need to reach out? Do I need to figure out what they need? You can, you can start spotting signals 
that maybe they aren't telling you in their feedback, but they're telling you in their behavior. So it all adds up. And I'm really curious about if we can start applying this beyond technology, beyond some of these organizations, can you drill down like this in your kind of focus on the customer? Well, I think we can. I think if we uh, look at some of the components, uh, we can find that they're broadly applicable. And you know, mm-hmm. for one thing, I'll say what I do like about the customer health score, this idea at least, is that what we do know is what customers do is a much more powerful indication mm-hmm. than what they say they're going to do. So when we talk mm-hmm. about survey data and you know feedback and all of these things, uh, it is very powerful and when used correctly and you know like a good VOC program, voice of the customer program. But uh, what they do is the most right. powerful, right? Their actual actions and and a customer health score is really based on action, not uh, talk. So, well, but, uh, oh, so good. Sorry, I was just going to say, you know, I think it's this whole idea that we've talked about before of you need the X and the O data. You need the experience data, which is what they're telling you, how they rate you, their sentiment, all those things. And then the operational data of this is how they're actually behaving. This is what's actually happening in your organization. Because if you're... If your sentiment is really high, I've never seen this happen, by the way, but let's say like (laughs) customers say, hey, we love you, everything's great, and your customer churn score is going up and you're losing customers, you know, that you're going to have to dig into what's happening here. They might be telling you they love you in the beginning of the journey and you're collecting the data in the wrong place, or they are, you know, something's happening later in the journey to cause them to to drift. And what I like about this idea of a customer health score or just in general, I mean, you and I have talked about, there's no one magic metric, right? Like you have to, this takes some doing, you have to look at everything. And with customer health score, it's really looking at things like, okay, how often are they using our product? How engaged are they with the different, you know, ask, however you measure engagement, that could be a community, that could be all these different things. How are they ranking, you know, what is the NPS score that they gave us in the last quarter or in the last survey? So looking at all of that across for one customer can be so, so enlightening, but it takes this, this, uh, you know, proactive way of thinking about how do we build the right customer health score and how do we make sure that the customer success managers or account managers are actually looking at it right, <laughs> and know where to find it. That's, and that's a whole different episode, Janie. Okay, please understand. <laughs> that is a different episode. That's true. You can gather the numbers all you want, but yeah, yeah. Today it's just uh, Today we're just figuring out what numbers work. Uh, well, you know, one thing, I, I feel like I need a whiteboard now, but, uh, you know, I know. One, one recipe that uh, sort of, uh, you know, sort of, uni- I would say universal, but it's sort of broadly applicable is they talk about frequency, breadth, and depth. And you alluded to mm-hmm. a couple of these already, which is frequencies. How much time are users spending in the product? How much are they coming back? Breadth is how many users are using the product, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the adoption? And then right. that depth, and the depth is a really interesting one. I think it's uh, very much a technology metric because it's a little bit more difficult outside of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the depth is how many of the features are being used. Right, right, right. right. And, and, and that's fairly interesting, you know, I think, because one of the things you had mentioned was this, like, um, you know, we we're talking about what people say, right, versus mm-hmm. what they do. And you're like, well, this has never happened. But one thing that has happened is that people will say they like a feature or they right. like and a product never and never use it. They would like, I would love that feature. Yep. So we're right. going to spend a million dollars uh, building that feature and nobody uses it because they don't care. Right. 
or it's too complicated or they yeah all those they like the idea that it's there when they might need it one day right (laughs) Right. and when they're that person who yeah is going to be organized enough to to use it and train everybody on it and everything else but i think the the other thing i find kind of interesting here is thinking about um you know similar to what you were just saying like quantity versus quality so a lot of organizations have transactional insights on okay how was that support call right like as a customer you might give different ratings to different support calls but they might not never ever bounce that number up against how often are you calling support right like how what is the number of support calls because that's telling as well so i think looking at these things in this way where you know by these are building blocks to get the insights that you need so that you can improve the experience so that you can reach out and make sure that these customers who maybe aren't telling you they're unhappy, maybe you're just noticing like, wow, they're not using our product nearly as much as they used to, (laughs) or they're not introducing it to their new people. Like if you know that that company is growing and they're hiring and yet the usage is not going up, well, maybe they've got something else that they're introducing there, or maybe they're just, neglecting, you know, introducing this. So there are all sorts of like puzzle pieces that you can put together to really get the insights to do something with. Yeah. And I think there's a, yeah, I've experienced this myself. There is a aspect of getting away from core competencies. When we talk at least about the depth Mm -hmm. thing, like how many of the products features are being used. So how do we apply that outside of technology? Well, this is a classic story of a restaurant. How many items outside of the Cheesecake Factory do you put right. on your menu, <laughs> right? I mean, they, yeah. well, they, that's their thing. That's fine. That is right. their brand. Like we have a, any dish you can imagine, we have some version of it, mm-hmm. right? But for most, it's, you know, okay, well, how many different ingredients are we going to have to carry now? Who are we really trying to please? You know, we want something, we don't want the family to walk away because one person doesn't like it. We want the family right. business and things like that. But I, when I was in retail, we experienced this. Like the, you know, the business kept adding products and adding new product lines. And mm-hmm. you spent all this time, you'd launch it, you'd learn about it, you train the staff on it, da 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 da. And two years later, it's 1% of your business, 2% right. of your business. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. like, why? Because what it did was it distracted us from our core business. It distracted us Mm -hmm. from our core products. So I think that idea of evaluating in in whatever manner you can, if you have the technology to really have qualitative data or just to sort of do it uh, seat of the pants if you're a really small business, but understanding the depth, what is being used and why are your customers there? Like that's something we can definitely take away from this health score idea. Yep, I agree. And I think that if you're not in technology or if you don't have products like this that are um, easy to kind of gather that insight at a scalable way. What what are the scores you should care about, right? Like maybe you have a survey, maybe you have um, uh, a subscription model or something like that. Maybe you have renewal rate, maybe you have all these different things. But if you drill down and look at it per customer, it can be so enlightening and it can actually tell you before they drift away. And I think that's the key here because a lot of what I see in customer experience is that we spend all this time and energy talking about it, and yet we don't really do anything about those people who are in the middle, who aren't yelling at us, but they're thinking about yelling at us, right? <laughs> and or, so or, they don't. Almost worse, they don't care enough to yell at us. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so they just kind of drift away. If we had the information to say, you know what, this looks like it could be a drifter, 
let's do something about it that can be enough to save the relationship and build loyalty so we just have to look for those signals in a bunch of different ways because hey humans are complex we do not make sense we say one thing and behave a different way and so it's up to us on the customer experience side to look for all those signals and try to make sense of it out of out of all of that and a customer health score might be something you could build for your organization and you know i've never really thought about it before because you know thought about the customer health score and you know whatever inter interacted with this idea many times but I've never, but it's sort of a canary in a coal, coal mine the mm -hmm. way it's used right it really yep. is like the goal is to catch trends early to catch right. patterns early so that you can do exactly what you just said get mm -hmm. in there and um address it before it's too late before the momentum right. is too far down the road right and they uh you know, you think about how this could be used in education or healthcare or community organizations. There's there's a whole bunch of opportunity out there. So I, I hope that this inspired you to think about how can you build your customer health score for your organization and take action. That's what it's all about. Stay healthy, right? my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we always have so much fun with these topics. We love hearing from you. And we also love our sponsor forethought they are here to help us learn more about human-centered ai and by doing so by reaching out to them at forethought.ai ctcc for crack the customer code you can learn more and get a 100 dollars gift card so don't forget about that oh thank you thank you all so much for being here for listening to crack the customer code and for building better customer experiences in general we are a member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great content at C-Suite Radio and C-SuiteTV.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Come visit me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DeBork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.